Hello, I'm Natasha Livingstone and you're listening to the Election 2019 interviews on Purple Radio. We're interviewing all five of the candidates for the City of Durham constituency, hearing what the candidates themselves have to say about the issues at the heart of this general election. I'm joined now by Amanda Hopgood, standing for the Liberal Democrats. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Would you be able to summarise your local constituency-specific manifesto in one minute? <laughs> in one minute. For me, it's Roughly. about standing up for Durham City. For too long, the two main parties have took the North East for granted, and I want to be a voice for Durham in Westminster, not Westminster's voice um, in Durham. I believe that we have lots of local issues that need addressing, from the NHS to education to climate change, um, lots of specific issues that have happened in the locality that the Labour-run council have done, the, the latest of which around planning and building a new headquarters on the floodplain, which hasn't gone down very well at all with local residents. And um, issues surrounding student housing have been a growing concern for Durham students. Um, and although some work has already been done to resolve these issues, housing remains an unnecessary major cause of stress for um, students at the uni. How would you propose to further address this problem? I think that both the council and the university need to work in partnership. And lots of things when I've spoken to students and seen it firsthand with regards to our college um, accommodation is the cost and the fact that most of it is catered. My daughter's just finished university, she's just graduated. Um, and I've seen firsthand as a parent, the difference between being self-catered and then moving out into a house and what a difference that makes for the environment for them. So with regards to students, we need to make sure that it's both affordable and fit for purpose. And because um, um, previous work that we've done um, as a radio station, we've spoken to um, uh, Rebecca Batman Wood um, and we've tried to get involved with the estate agents. Um, and people have, you know, there's been a sort of oh, a widespread agreement that things need to change, but then the actual sort of, um, I guess, momentum to push it forward just hasn't uh, really happened. So, I mean, do you think it would be um, an issue that you would sort of campaign on afterwards um, directly with the students? Would you sort of work with the SU? Uh, yeah, what would sort of be a specific I would work with both, with all aspects with yeah. everybody who's related to student accommodation whether it be the landlords who provide the private accommodation to make sure that's that is fit for purpose because as I say from first-hand experience I've seen different yeah. facilities <laughs> that are available out there to work with the universities to give an offer to the colleges so that students can choose between catered and self-catering my son's at college at the moment and he started off catered and is, is luckily has the facility to drop that if he wants to um so he he's chosen to do that which i help i think helps him as well moving forwards rather than just going and having these meals although i'm quite happy if people want that 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 facility is available for them as well but for me it's about choice um this is the first time most people will have lived away from home so it's about lifestyle choices and how you want to develop and how you want to move forwards with that and if some people want to have full facilities that's great we've seen so many different student options available in Durham we've got some really top-end ones with new developments but that price quite a lot of people out of the market um, so I think we have to have a range of options because every university has a range of students who attend. Let's now turn to um, the broader national topics 
Um, it's three and a half years since Britain voted to leave the EU. Believe it or not, I mean, it feels <laughs> crazy. It feels like it's been a lifetime. Um, yet we still haven't left. Um, if you're elected as MP, how would you and your party work to end this crisis? Well, I think we, as a party, are absolutely clear where we stand on Brexit. We believe that it would be bad for the country. Um, and we have always promoted the people's vote from day one. When it comes to what people voted for three and a half years ago, anyone over, anyone who's 21 or under never got that choice and it is their future that we're talking about now. Clearly, the politicians haven't been able to come to agreement because it is such a divisive issue. And now that we know what leave really means, and most people have had that chance to see that, it's very different to what we were sold three and a half years ago on the side of buses, on people telling us it was going to be the easiest deal in the world, we were going to get it done, we would be out. It clearly isn't as straightforward as we thought. So for me, the best option is that we go back, we have a people's vote, people get the choice between the deal that's on the table or to remain. And it is we make sure that any referendum in future isn't an advisory one that it would have to be legally binding. So we can't carry on for years and years in chaos that we've had and neglecting everything else that's happened over the last few years. Um, so moving on to the NHS, um, another pivotal topic. Um, the NHS is currently under immense and unprecedented strain. Um, what would your party do to alleviate some of the pressures the NHS and its staff are under? We've been brutally honest about the NHS and we have said that it needs to be funded and it needs to be funded properly. And in order to do that, we would put a penny on income tax. That's a policy that would, would ring fence money for the NHS. It couldn't be used as a political football. It's there to be spent. And I think the problem we have is we've had progressive governments who were either haven't invested or the last Labour government spent time and energy on PFI funding to build new hospitals and our hospital in Durham is still crippled with debt from that PFI project that should be being spent on patients and on staff to manage the hospitals. Um, a major UN report stated last year that we have until 2030 to avoid irreversible damage to the planet caused by climate change. How does your party propose we deal with the environmental emergency? We have a clear policy regarding that. We would be looking to um, reduce energy by 80 energy costs to make sure they were carbon neutral by 80% by 2030. We have to be realistic in that some areas we won't be able to do it quite as quick, but we need to make sure that what we have got is deliverable. So when we're in coalition, we brought in the Green Bank. We would bring that back after it was abolished. Could you we just would, explain what the Green Bank is? For yeah, it's an investment for infrastructure to make sure that people can invest in alternative methods of um, of, of production, into wind turbines. Um, I mean, I have solar panels on my house. You see that now. And all the subsidies have gone for that. That needs to be brought back to encourage people to be green, get rid of single-use plastics. There are numerous things within our manifesto that we would do, but making sure we have something that's deliverable. It's very easy to say and promise something, but if it can't be delivered, then it will fail anyway. And what we also need to do, a lot of what we've said is about working with our partners.
and working with the rest of the world and the way that, for example, the Tories with regard to Brexit want to make us um, sit alone, if we don't work with other people, we could do everything in the world to do and make sure that Great Britain is carbon neutral. But if we're not working with everyone else, it's a big planet. So for you then, um, the Brexit issue is very much entwined with the climate issue. Yeah, to, is work, that fair to, say? Yeah, to work with our partners, because pollution isn't just limited to Great Britain. It extends well beyond that. So finally, let's turn to the Liberal Democrats themselves. Um, at the beginning of this campaign, Jo Swinson framed herself as a potential candidate for Prime Minister, but the latest polls predict that the Liberal Democrats will only win, uh, win around 20 seats across the country. Does jo, jo Swinson really believe she could be Prime Minister? When this election started, I, I believe that it was possible. We're standing in over 600 seats, so theoretically it is possible. Now, I think Joe admits, as do we all, that the reality of that is is very low. However, um, when you watch the news and you watch the media, when everybody is told it's only between two people, they start to believe that. When you have the prime ministerial debates and the main two organisations, ITV and BBC, only invite two people, that's the message that's being sold to people. So we have to work extremely hard to give people that other option. And I think we're in a sad state of affairs where people are thinking, who will I vote for? Which is the least worst between Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson? And there is an alternative. And it's up to us to promote that alternative because no one else will do it for us. Do you think the fact that um, Jo Swinson is, you know, the only female leader of the major parties, um, do you think that that will have a significant impact um, on how people decide to vote for the Lib Dems or whether they will? I don't think so. What we're looking for is um, it, it may have an impact to some people, but it's about equality. It's about the best person for the job. And for me, that doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. If you're the best person for the job, what it does show, though, is that we're a forward-thinking party, that the population isn't just all male and that women can actually achieve. And we shouldn't be afraid as women to go out there and be ambitious. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, both the other parties, um, they can say that they're being progressive, um, but then the Liberal Democrats, by having a female leader, arguably that's the best representation of that, that claim, yeah. you might say. Yeah. And a young female leader. Yeah. That's <laughs> a young to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since the last general election, the Liberal Democrats have built much of their identity around remaining in the EU and stopping Brexit, as we, as we have discussed. Mm -hmm. um, and Brexit will, at some point, we all hope, come to an end. Is there a risk that the Liberal Democrats can become redundant? No, because I think this country is crying out for a centralist party. We have the Labour Party election as far to the left as you possibly can get and the Tory party going far right, almost undistinguishable from the Brexit party. So I do believe we have a place. I believe lots of people um, want something in life, political, that that is in the centre ground. Most people aren't extreme in their views and I believe that's our place for the future. 
All of the students listening to this interview are living with the effects of the Liberal Democrats' broken promise on tuition fees when they were in a coalition government with David Cameron. Uh, why would a student forgive your party and vote for the Liberal Democrats now? Because we were part of a coalition. We had um, 53 MPs out of 650. We were the minority party of a coalition. Um, and all of the other things that we did manage to succeed with, so equal sex marriage, parental rights, um, increasing income tax thresholds, um, to name but a few, going back to the, the green issues as well. Um, if we're going to say it about who brought in the tuition fees, they couldn't have been tripled if they hadn't been brought in in the first place and tripled once already by a party who came in saying they would never do it and were in power on their own. So I do believe that, and we have said that if we had our time again, no, we wouldn't have done it. Um, we would have stood firmer with them. But at the end of the day, a coalition is just that. It is give and take, and it is the other things that we were able to be successful with. During the coalition years, we managed to get between 65 and 70% of our manifesto into policy. And I think overall, that's pretty successful. Amanda Hopgood, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for joining us on Purple Radio. If you've liked what you've heard from Amanda, you can vote for the Liberal Democrats on election day, which is this Thursday, the 12th of December. If you still haven't made up your mind, you can listen to our interviews with the candidates for Labour, the Conservatives, the Brexit Party and the Green Party. I'm Natasha Livingstone. Thank you for listening. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.